Hello and welcome to episode 29 of Saladcast. Myself, Ollie Warner and Glyn Price as always. Hi Ollie, how are you mate? I'm good, thanks. And um, this week um, we're um, joined by Aid Plimmer. So hi Aid, welcome to Saladcast. Yeah, hi Ollie, how are you Glyn, how are you? Good, thanks mate, nice to see you. Cool, so um, another win. Salab winning. This is unbelievable. <laughs> so obviously when we started this podcast, it was a bit of a gloomy podcast. Um, and now um, Salab um, have won again. And fortunately, Aid went to the game on, on Saturday. So Aid will be able to fill us in um, with his insight of the game. Um, so yeah, no, we're looking forward to getting to this one. It should be a good one, Aid. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I said we'll probably talk a little bit more about Scunthorpe a bit later. But I think uh, the overall impression is just how well we're playing right now and, and how we're able to, I think, challenge teams, mm. even teams at the top. Scunthorpe were a good team. You know, let's make no mistake about that. They might not play great, but you know what? We play superb and we're starting to challenge. So exciting times potentially for Shrewsbury Town. I think it is, yeah. And I think it's probably worth starting, Ollie, with asking A to just give us a bit of his background because I think a lot of Shrewsbury Town fans might already be familiar with you being one of the regular faces down the meadow over the years. But what you know, what was your first game? How did you actually get involved supporting Shrewsbury Town Football Club? Well, my granddad uh, was part of the ground staff oh, okay. at uh, Gay Meadow for many years and his great-granddad, a guy called Matt Plimmer, well, not his great granddad, but my great granddad, Matt <laughs> Plimmer, uh, was on the ground staff too, actually, before Gay Meadow days. It's, oh, okay. it's really interesting. Uh, and obviously, then my dad followed, and now myself and my brother, and we're trying to get um, my brother's children to follow town. <laughs> Chelsea's going to Peterborough on Tuesday, which would be interesting. Oh, but uh, yeah, we started uh, 1974 was my first game against Hartlepool. Oh, you remember it? There you go. Absolutely loved it. Uh, I can still remember the smells, the, the atmosphere. And we lost 1-0, which of course is a normal thing that happens with Shrewsbury Town. But I was hooked. Uh, I've been hooked ever since. You know, I I love them. I I love Shrewsbury Town with a passion, like you guys do. Yeah, hometown team, isn't it? You know, you've got that hometown pride as well about it all. And, you know, you don't need to explain how to be a Shrewsbury Town fan to be in a Shrewsbury Town fan, do you? So, yeah, I mean, it's nice to have someone on who's who's obviously seen a few more of the the vintage players that myself and Ollie and (laughs) some other people we've had on over the last few weeks haven't seen. So it'll be interesting to see what your... uh, It'll be interesting to see what AIDS all-time town team is, won't it, Ollie? Yeah, it certainly will. Good stuff. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so should we get into the the detail of the game then? Yeah. Good stuff. And they drew two-two at Millmore only a few days ago, but here comes Shrewsbury now with Stevens. Great chance. Must jolly be a goal for Taylor. Shrewsbury are back in it. So as Ollie said, another win for Shrewsbury Town this time on the road, which is uh, makes it all the more impressive considering the opposition we were playing. So, yeah, basics of it: one uh, 0 to Shrewsbury Town. Freddie Lapardo with the goal again, the man that can't stop scoring. Um, about four thousand three hundred sixty-seven there, and Aid was just telling me a minute ago it was about a good good turnout from town, about two hundred town fans there. So that's cracking, really, isn't it? Considering that there was snow forecast and all sorts of terrible weather. So fair play to everyone that went. Um, so yeah, there was just one change to the team this week with uh, Payne with his unfortunate injury on his debut with his foot which I think doesn't look as bad as it was they were saying in the week but um, Lapado came back into the team so same as the week before really Lutweiler and goal Riley, Nasala, Sadler and Brown and then Wally, Deegan, Agogo, Rodman and Roberts and Lapado up front in this usual 4-4-2 formation so yeah, before we get into the game, Ollie, I know you've you've been in stat stat hunting again this week. What have you got for us to start us this podcast, Ollie? So I think the most I think the stat that kind of did the rounds um, Sh- um, Shropshire Radio were keen to kind of plug this one was, um, first of all, that um, Scunny had not lost at home in twenty six games, I know, yeah. um, which is pretty phenomenal considering um, a season at home is twenty three games. It's a pretty phenomenal record they had there, um, and also just to put the context in there, they could have gone top. You know, obviously, they, you know, if the results gone the right way, they would have been top of the league. So it just kind of shows you how mm. high they are flying um however shrewsbury town um obviously um from that victory means we're now unbeaten in six we've only conceded three goals in six games which is pretty phenomenal again um and 
interesting, we also sit top of the form um, table now as well. So the six-game <laughs> form table, we're top of that, um, just ahead of Oxford. Um, so what a turnaround. And just one for in terms of going back to the 70s again. So Salop hadn't beaten Scunny in the league um, to, uh, away. And, and, and the last time was 1978, so quite a long time. So, yeah, quite an interesting one there in terms of massive result, not in just in terms of the context of this season, but in terms of, obviously, context of history. And um, I, don't know, I don't know if one of your stats might be wrong, because Aid was looking at me like that stat about 1978 might be wrong. I don't know. Yeah, 1994. Uh, okay. 93-94, we won the, uh, <laughs> won the championship. Um, and we won... Now, it does start to get hazy. I know we scored four. Um, I don't think Scunthorpe But was that a checker chade or something, though? No, no, was no. That, that, the was, that, was the check, that was the third division, mate. Yeah, in the, in the league. You, does does okay. that stat maybe we haven't won at Scunny since then? Or was it... Because we beat them at home, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. I don't know. Ollie, Ollie, you've been called out on your stats here. Someone's yeah. going to have to check this up. So, uh, uh, let's... Should we call busy cringes? Get him off. <laughs> let's move on from this quickly, Ollie. You've been rumbled. We'll have yeah. to check it. But, yeah, I mean, no it's a series of statistics that are f- fantastic to read, aren't they? Considering where we Absolutely. were in, in November. And um, for me, the, the one that's the most interesting is we're top of that form table now. And... So much credit should go to her, shouldn't it? I mean, what have you what have you made? I mean, we asked the same question last yeah. week to our guests. What have you made about Paul Hurst and, and that actual turnaround in form? Well, it's a new manager bounce, but it's a little bit more than that, isn't it? Yeah. it? It's it shows he's got an eye for a player. Now, before we all get on the bandwagon of hitting Mellon over the head, and I've done that as well, <laughs> uh, I think that let's have a look at a few facts. Mellon actually built a, a really good team to start with, didn't he? Yep. Yeah. What Mellon didn't do was follow that up. No. It's exactly what Graham Turner did. So, Paul Hurst's challenge, probably in about two seasons' time, is going to be whether he can do the same. Yep. And if he can't, then it's usual old man, you know, old manager going stale type thing. But Let's come to the present. Paul Hurst, what an amazing job he's done. Fantastic. The team we're watching now is amazing. Um, I'm really enjoying my football again, which is great. I'm sure it is for all you guys. Um, Mm. It's a pleasure to go and watch Shrewsbury earlier on this season. I think myself and some of my friends were really considering, well, actually, you know, and a couple of my friends (laughs) actually stopped going. Well, that's Um, sad, isn't it, yeah? You know, so yeah, well done, Paul Hurst. He, he deserves all the plaudits he's getting. So did the team. Yeah, I mean, it's right, isn't it, Ollie? It's something we picked up on is that we we've obviously been doing this podcast all season, Aidan. You've, you've listened to a few episodes you said, and we we were constantly going on about um, the boredom of, of going to Shrewsbury Town games, weren't we, Ollie? And that's one of the things that Paul Hurst seems to have turned around. That change to four four two, some front foot players, you know, left and right wingers who want to attack players, you know, even right backs like Riley that wants to get forward, and and now some a couple of strikers who look pretty handy when we're going forward. That entertainment factor has been a massive turnaround for me, hasn't it, Ollie? And, and that's where you want to hopefully see our crowds going back up. But yeah, I mean, Ed hit the nail on the head there, really, hasn't he? No, certainly has. And um, hard work is something that Hurst has been keen to mention. Um, and it's interesting, he, you mentioned Aid about, you know, Scunny are not a fantastic side, but they work hard. And the same is true of Fleetwood and Rochdale. No one in this league, bar, say, Bolton and Sheffield United, kind of have you know super super squads but certainly hard work and teamwork is kind of one of the um, elements of successful side in league one this season um so no it's um been a transformational change under um under paul her mm. it's a shame because grimsley are struggling with that aren't they did you see yeah. they had another nightmare at the weekend yeah. and their manager was yeah. over apologizing to the fans so it does show you that the work he'd done at grimsby since he's left you know there's been some steps backwards there as well so he also takes the credit for you know the well he took the credit for the work he's done there but it just yeah. sort of puts it into context doesn't it so yeah there we go i mean it, 
you know, there's not anyone's going to say anything different about Hurst at the moment, is there as Shrewsbury Town fans? But it's just nice to get another view on it. So I guess that means moving on to the game, Ollie. And and you know, we weren't there. Obviously, we mentioned this last week, and Aid Aid went. So what 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 was your day like, Aid? What how did you get up there? What time did you get up there? You know, what was what was the background of your day before we got to the match? <laughs> really interesting. This is. Um, so I've got some relations up in Scunthorpe through family, uh, extended family too, uh, and we planned to go up, take my mum up, uh, see my sister-in-law. Um, so that was that was good so dropping the sister-in-law off in the match and I went with uh, a friend who doesn't go and watch Scunny often but he lives in Scunny Uh, he's a Liverpool fan actually and (laughs) the last couple of times he's come with us it's been interesting because we've all said how awful the game's been both Scunny and Shrewsbury and this time I said look I think this is actually going to be a really good game Yeah. and so it proved I think both sides actually were really good uh, Scunny I think lacked a little bit less quality than we did as it showed I think with the goal but they played some really good football in midfield got it out wide yeah. and it was sort of a little bit like a chess match but it was an attacking chess match it was you know Scunny thought we'd get the ball attack then we get the ball and attack. Mm. And I was enthralled. I was yeah. absolutely enthralled by the game. And all it needed was just a little bit of quality in the last third. And of course, okay. we got it. I mean, you've seen the highlights, haven't you, Ollie? I think, and I've seen them as well. And it, there's some really interesting chances on the highlights for both teams. And yeah. it looked like a very open game. And uh, Did you listen to the game on the radio this week, Ollie? Yeah, I did. I was um, listening to um, BBC Shropshire this week. Um, had, a, had a nice day out. Decided not to go to the game in the end. Yeah, and, um, yeah he said it sounds like it was end-to-end. And mm. also the extended highlight showed that. There was quite a few... Um, there seemed to be more chances for Scunning, but certainly they selected more chances for Scunning in the first half. But Shrewsbury certainly came into the game, and yeah, no, it was. Um, was there anything would you note in terms of Scunny's team? Aid, were they any particular standout players? I know they've got a couple of decent strikers. Yeah, the number nineteen. I can't think of his name. I'm sure, somebody out there in podcast land will tell us. <laughs> but uh, yeah, their number nineteen was brilliant. He was running the show. Everything was going through him. Uh, and he was attacking, and I thought, yeah, if there's a play we could get, I'd probably get him and Duck. Mm. You know, Holmes, <laughs> these the guys, the players' names. Holmes, Is it? Yeah, yeah it, he was he was brilliant. He had a really good game. But it was interesting and coming out of the match afterwards that uh, the Scunthorpe fans are saying how poorly they played. Yeah. And I thought, well, no, I, I didn't see that. I just saw a, a team maybe a little bit, diff- you know, uh, not that confident, certainly in the last third. But I think they were caught out by us. They were caught out by Shrewsbury being so positive and uh, having that bit of quality. Mm. It's funny, isn't it? It's turned around now that we're saying that we're going to teams like Scunthorpe who are first or second in the league saying, well, they didn't look very confident. And then a few months ago, we couldn't have looked any less confident. But yeah, they had them I mean, they've got some good players. They had that guy we said it on the podcast last week who they turned down four million quid from from China, that Van Veen in yeah. the field. Who I, I looked on the highlights and he seemed to be instigating a few things as well. But you know, if they've got players with, with sort of those sort of price tags behind them, you know, they, they should really have been putting teams like Shrewsbury Town to bed. So all the credit more really for the result that we got. What were we going to say there, Ollie? So I was chatting to my girlfriend this morning and she was saying, How on earth have Shrewsbury beaten Scunny, um, who were second in the league and flying high? And I kind of got my own thoughts, not going kind of guessing, but yeah, hey. I thought that's a good question to ask to you. What you no? Know, so Shrewsbury, you know, um, struggling all season, have beaten um, one of the best teams in the league with a fantastic home record. What was the kind of what? What was your summary of like the difference between the two teams and what what allowed Shrewsbury to get the to get the victory? Yeah, I think I think it was a couple of things really. I think we probably had a bit more tenacity. Um, certainly in terms of quality, we matched them for quality, and I think in terms of play and possession, we did exactly the same. I mean, Scunthorpe had their chances. Look, Valor made an amazing save at the end. But it, I don't want people at home to think it was us backs to the wall. Far from it. Mm. This was a performance of Shrewsbury on the front foot. And, you know, the goal showed that. It was that little bit of quality that we had 
And then defensively and in midfield, a go-go was amazing. Defence was amazing. Uh, a friend that went with me said about uh, Junior Brown, how good he was and mm. how on earth are we going to keep him? No, we'd have never had that conversation, <laughs> would we? What, 12 months ago? Mm. Um, so I think, it, again, it's starting to get a little bit exciting, mm. isn't it? And you, yeah. you're starting to almost think things probably we shouldn't be thinking. But oh, we... you know what? I, generally, it, I can't see now. I might, I might be really shooting it now but at the moment the way we're playing the quality we've got you know you'd be really surprised if we ended up going down I might be saying oh, that, something bad it's, but, it's a fair comment you know. yeah it's a fair comment and it's the first time anyone's really started to talk about it. I mean it was interesting after the game Ollie obviously we didn't go and we were sort of monitoring social media feeds and stuff and there was a lot of 12 points to the playoff chat going on mm-hmm. which, which is crazy really considering the awful season we had up until sort of yeah. first coming in that you'd even considered the playoffs but there was a team that did it last year wasn't there right down the bottom was it I can't remember Barnsley, Barnsley yeah. yeah, and they had a fairly similar run towards the end of the season. If we put together a run of form like that, it could. It could it's unlikely. It, but, it's very um, unlikely. But let's not get carried away. No, but, but as we're talking about that, it does put into context what you're saying about yeah. the fact that I think we can all sleep a little bit easier about relegation worries at the moment, considering how the results went at the weekend elsewhere. They also played into our hands as well. So you know, relegation starting to become a little bit more of a distant, distant worry, isn't it? It's only five points, but you know, who's to say we can't go to Peterborough and make it? You know, seven, eight, nine points. Mm. Well, not nine. <laughs> one of the things that came across on the radio was that um, their fans started getting on the back of the Scunny players, particularly in the first half. Um, do you think um, the Scunthorpe players thought and fans alike thought this is going to be an easy game, just simply looking at the league table? Um, it was interesting, again, talking to them as we coming out. They've got a big game coming up against Sheffield United, yeah. haven't they? And you wonder with the loss at South End how that's affected them. You think back to our promotion season, sometimes where we've lost a, a winnable game, and it's just one of those games, isn't it? Maybe Scunthorpe just had one of those games. They thought it was going to be easy. The pitch wasn't great. It was cold. <laughs> it was wind. It was typical North Lincolnshire type weather. But I think it was just great to see a Shrewsbury Town team really giving it a go and not being afraid and. You know, you're sitting on the edge of your seat now, mm. um, and and that's wonderful for a town fan. Yeah, you know that that means everything. Doesn't it's, it? it's fantastic. I, I'm bi- I'm a big believer in the entertainment factor, on Ollie. But I think one of the things I wanted to ask Aid yeah. Ollie before before we move on was his thoughts of some of the new players because we've had our thoughts on on, on Ladapo particularly and Roberts. But you were talking about it's nice to have a front too. What what have you made about those two players and and the differences that they bring up front? You know, which of them stands out as the better player for you after your initial viewings of them? I don't think either are any better. No, I think that's good. it's interesting. Robert seems to be the one that, that could create, and you think, yeah, going forward, he could have a really good career in yeah. football. Ladapo, you think, hang on a minute, Crystal Palace have got another one here, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, he's a guy, he's big and he's strong, and he's, he's holding players off, and Roberts is doing the tricks, and he's got the skill. Uh, and you just think, Oh my word! If we'd have got that team at the start of the season, what on <laughs> earth? Where where would we be now? Yeah, it's a shame. And okay, we've got to go to Peterborough on Tuesday, and you know, as we'll be driving home on Tuesday from a five five nil loss. It's you a, know, it could happen. But yeah. what I'm saying is, I think you look at this team now. You look at Anciali. You, you look at the guys that are coming off the bench. Is I mean, okay, we brought Dodson, AJ on, and you could tell the level they're playing at against the new guys that mm. come in, you sort of think, well, hang on a minute, they, they've they really got to step up to the plate, haven't oh, they? Oh, yeah, definitely. So I think, look, these new guys we've brought in, he's made some amazing signings. You know, forget about being League One ready, these guys are hungry, uh, they've got the quality, which maybe Mellon signings didn't have. They, mm. they might have been League One ready, but in the team, 
No, they just didn't fit. Did they? No, and you need someone like Hurst to knit, the, knit those new pieces together as quickly as he has done, which Correct. is also the impressive part of it. But yeah. yeah, there we go. I thought it was just worth worth asking that question, really. So, I mean, we're, we're talking briefly about the game because we weren't there, Ollie, and, and I think one of the things that was most exciting for us to see on highlights was the goal because it looked like a cracking goal. What, what did you make of the goal first, Ollie, from the highlights? Because it looked good. Yeah, it's fantastic goal. Yeah, I wrote in the um, I wrote in the um, agenda what a f- goal. Um, so you have to bleep that one out. <laughs> but it was fantastic. It was absolutely brilliant. So yeah, um, um, from uh, from my side, it would look like so. Brown got the ball, cleared it up to to, um, to Ladapo, who, as um, Aid said, you know, held the ball up really well. Um, did a beautiful through ball to Roberts, um, who was using his pace down the left flank. Um, used some tricks and some skill and got past his fullback. And then another calm um, assist, just slotted it across to um, to Ladapo, who, yeah, just put it into the back of the net, and he went absolutely mental in front of the Shrewsbury Town fans. <laughs> I was um sitting on the sofa for listening to Shropshire Radio um, kind of I think I'm not sure if the England game had started at that point I think it had um, the England rugby game um, and then yeah just kind of like shaking and jumping my arms up and down you know in the on the sofa in terms of um, as he went mad and obviously they commented on he was doing his famous dance again which <laughs> I know you'd love to have seen Glenn. I know I missed it but and that's what it's like when you're sitting at home you know Aid, and, and you, you know what it's like when you do miss a game and you, you're following it on, online and on Twitter and on, on the telly and you go mental you have that little minute but you know what was it like being there? Because you know, only one of only a couple of hundred town fans that got to experience maybe one of the highlights of the away, you know, performances this season. Well, as that move was building, could you, did it feel like it was coming? And you know, it we'd obviously been pushing. It, yeah, there was there was a build up of pressure, but the interesting thing I thought was the ball to Roberts. I actually thought it was the wrong ball because <laughs> there was guys on the right hand side. I think it was Brown. I think it was Wally who I thought were actually in a lot better position. And I said to me, I said, well, why is he passed it there then? Because Roberts actually really, if you watch it on the telly, he really had to bust a gut yeah. to get the ball. Kept it in, and his momentum then took him, took him to the byline, so he beats the guy. Once he got it to the byline, it was like, oh my Lord, you know, and then you looked up, and he was in acres of space. Yeah. He, you know, he could have put it in with his nose. Yeah. I mean, he, and he, he coolly sorted it past Daniels. Uh, and then I think for the next sort of five or ten, so I just went absolutely nuts. <laughs> Realised I was with my, my friend from Scunthorpe. I thought, yeah, I better calm down now. While everybody else around me was going absolutely loop, <laughs> including Mr Pinches. Uh-huh. Um, and I think, you know, it was just one of those moments, but it, it was a single moment because, again, the, the players were celebrating with the fans. It felt there was a real togetherness, hmm? and we haven't had that for a long, long time. Have we? Yeah, and I, I actually, when you talk about dancing, and we always kind of jokingly talk about it, I think it's become quite an important part of the front tour specifically, because if you look at the highlights, it wasn't just Freddie dancing this time. Roberts came up and danced next to him, and, and it seems to be that those two might be on the same wavelength. You know, they might be good friends, or you know, you can't judge it, but they might be, look like they're getting on, on, and off the pitch, you know what I mean, and enjoying their football. And if you see someone enjoying their football, I know I said this the other week, Ollie, but if you see someone enjoying their football, you enjoy it more. You, you yeah. feel that, that enjoyment and that that passion coming through them so I think that, that that's, it, it, it shows good signs of a, of a front to it where, where Payne and Humphrey you know sit into that mix now it, it's interesting but they've certainly got the shirts to lose haven't they and, and they, they're going to have to have some good performances in training to get a shirt off either of them to at the moment yeah no they certainly are um, yeah Roberts has been fantastic hasn't he because he kind of he plays that kind of number 10 and that's and that kind of number 9 role doesn't he mm. um, next to Ladapo so he yeah he kind of fits in and kind of picks up the ball that allows the wingers to get into play and he looks like a real player doesn't he every time he gets the ball he always knows where he's going to pass it he does simple balls he's running he's got skills so he can finish um, no he um, obviously they're lone players and you know where we are now we, you know you can't be Grudgehurst going out and getting no. some extra quality into the team but um, no it's fantastic and again yeah um, you know superb performances and it's just 
he he's done well, hasn't he, in the transfer market, Hurst? You know, all the players that he signed have done really, really well and have made an immediate impact. So, um, so no, it's um, it's it's fantastic to see. The, the, the funniest thing I thought watching the highlights back about you lot going mental in the stand was if you look at the highlights and people might not have seen this yet. But have a look behind the goal where they're celebrating. There's a man just running down the front waving a huge teddy dressed in a Shrewsbury Town kit. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what that was. All I about. saw that as well. But, yeah, I was just like, that's pretty, uh, pretty random to be honest with you. But yeah, I, I mean, I'd love to have been there. I, I think that'll probably, you know, it's got to go down as our best. Away result. I know we beat Millwall as well, but it's got to push that Millwall game pretty close considering where they are and the run they were on. You know, it was the ultimate coupon buster at the weekend, really, wasn't it? Because I imagine most people had Scunthorpe on their coupons, so Shrewsbury Town owe everyone a bit of money. But yeah. there we go. So, yeah, good goal. So we won it up. And then what was it like seeing it out? You know, again, on, on the radio, yeah. it sounded like we, we had as many chances as they did yeah. towards the end, but they had some very good chances and, and it needed Lutwider to make an awesome save at the end. So, you know, what was that sort of finish then, the last sort of 15 minutes like? Any Shrewsbury Town fan will know when you're one 0 off in any game, it's always tense. And I was looking at you know my clock and thinking, right, okay, so we're getting to the last two minutes now. Then he put up the board, didn't he? And he thought, hang on a minute. So okay, you're ticking it down. So if they equalise now, we're going to come out of this with at least a point. <laughs> so that's amazing because actually, if we get a couple of points the next two away games, and then it was clocking down, clocking down. You looked at the ref, thought he's going to blow now, and he blew, and the place just went nuts. Well, our ended. Yeah. Um, and it, you just you took it all in, and the players started celebrating. I, I've got a good picture of uh, the fans in front of me going nuts, and you know it's just one of those moments, wasn't it? And you just thought, yeah, this might be a moment we look back, you know, on a a beautiful afternoon in the summer watching the cricket, and yeah, thinking that was the yeah, defining. that was the defining moment. Yeah. Hopefully, it is. But yeah, a normal nervous tension watching Shrewsbury Town one 0 away from home against the side that's second in the league. Definitely. Yeah. Well, we got we got sent some video, haven't we, Ollie, from one of the fans that was there at the end of the game. Yeah. Um, and we're thinking we might just we've asked him if we can borrow borrow the audio to put onto the podcast. So I might I think I might play it in here, Ollie, because obviously Aids was talking about that sort of relief tension at the end there. So I'll play that audio in now, Ollie. <laughs>
it did sound like a, a very mental end to the game with everyone just releasing their emotions and getting some chants going and stuff and that, that's the sort of thing you like to see so I think that video was on uh, Facebook if everyone wants to see the sort of uh, pictures that go with it as well but I think it does give you a nice feeling a, a nice warm feeling as a Shubri Town fan to hear our, our support doing that sort of thing so yeah fantastic and, and obviously that was the point in the bag and then I think probably anyone that was there was starting to look at what the other results were because obviously we were there we obviously knew what the other things were but they went quite well for us didn't they obviously Oldham and Berry both won which meant that we didn't take a big step away from relegation as much as we could have done if they'd lost but it really put Swindon into their relegation zone and, and then the teams above us we seem to have been dragging them closer and closer into trouble again so I, I'd say that the results were, were perfect really we're on a weekend that we won so it was, it was good Ollie really wasn't it? Yeah no it was um, just before we kind of um, close off kind of like the, the, the body main body of the game just a couple of questions for Aid um, well first question Aid like well I, I shared them both um, so what was the ref on because he looked like in the highlights extended highlights <laughs> which is about 13 minutes on Shoes Player. Um, there was a lot of fouls against us. There was a penalty and several fouls against us the referee didn't give us. And a crunching challenge on Brown, which nothing happened. And also five minutes extra time. So is that something, did I misread that watching the highlights? Or what was your take on the ref and the extra time? Um, obviously, I'm not going to be fine for saying anything about the referee. <laughs> no. um, but, but in my view, the referee was poor. I think there was some chance from the time fans that were saying, you know, are oh, you dead men in disguise? I don't <laughs> think he was that bad. But he seemed to me not to be in great form I think that's what I'd say there were some really crunching tackles both sides Deegan Deegan had a, an interesting one NCR <laughs> had a one that he got a booking for but before that there was a couple of their guys really were going in strong credits Junior Brown he just got up and brushed his shoulder and that was that mm. uh, but yeah I was I winced a couple of times I thought Ooh, hang on a minute so yeah I thought he was poor two penalty shouts I think the first one wasn't I think he, uh, I think it was Roberts, wasn't it? Made and uh, made probably too much of it. I think that's where I say. Looking where I mm. was, he seemed to sort of go into midair and and try and fly, which he couldn't. The second one, though, yeah, I thought it was a penalty. Yeah, definite penalty. Well, there you go. We didn't need it, thankfully. So it's good to see. Uh, yeah. It's interesting what you say about Brown. I've noticed that a lot. He, he, when he does get crunched, he's a proper pro. He never yeah. ever tries to get opposition players booked or you know or get red cards. He he just gets in. He, like, he'll be down for a second or two, and then he's just like, right, job to do. I'll get back up now. And I think yeah. it's testament to testament to the to the to the professionalism of the man. I think as well. So yeah, there we go. So uh, is there anything else about the game before we move on to asking Aid about his top three, Ollie? Just the five minutes extra time. So what? On the radio, that was a massive surprise to me that there was five minutes extra time. I couldn't believe. Um, you know, there hadn't been. The radio said that there hadn't been. You know, any physio coming on in the second half, and there was a couple of subs but was it five minutes was a bit of a shock to you? Not really. I think there were the uh, the, the six substitutions and uh, I think there was a little bit of time wasting, to be honest, um, <laughs> from us. Okay. A little bit. Uh, maybe from them as well, a little bit too, yeah. to be honest. Fair enough. So I think when it come up, I mean, it was, everyone's good five minutes, but it was five minutes because, oh my God, we're going to have to go through five more minutes of this. <laughs> but it's town fans, we should just <laughs> take it in our stride like we normally do, but we still moan about it. Yeah. So yeah, I think it probably was fair. But uh, I said, as an overall referee performance, yeah, not the greatest. Not no. the greatest. The, the, sorry, I just thought one other question I was going to quickly say to Aid is one of the, one of the things we have with guests who come on is we, we talk about Lutweiler and the goalkeeping situation at Shrewsbury Town, but it looked again from the highlights and the saves that he made at really important times that he was bang on his best form again. And he, he seems to have picked up from some of some. He did make a few mistakes earlier on in the season, particularly when we were doing as bad as we were. But 
me and Ollie have said what we think. He's he's the he's the best goalkeeper at the football club. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? You wouldn't you wouldn't consider putting Halstead back in? No, I wouldn't. But I think maybe the guys that went to Scunthorpe as well would probably back me up on this. His kicking was atrocious. Really? Um, okay. There were too many times he was kicking the ball at, and we were talking saying, "Well, why doesn't he kick it a bit more centrally?" He was trying to find Rodman um, on the wing. And yeah, he was missing all the time. He's kicking it out. Whether that was due to the wind, I don't know. But he, he thought he'd have a bit of gumption just to mm. knock it down the middle a bit more. So I think again, he, he's just got to watch his kick. And he's he did it the last couple of home games, hasn't he? He's yeah, trying to kick yeah. him out a lot. Yeah. Um, but, but that save he made, I mean, I just got kind of went wow. Yeah. You know, it, it was world class. So. It was a brilliant save. And, and we Ollie said this last week, didn't you, about his kicking? It, it, or was it? it might have been Mike Davis when we had him on saying, "You got to be realistic. If his kicking was brilliant, he wouldn't be playing League One football, would he?" Because he, he presented a lot of the other attributes are to a high degree that there's obviously this thing holding him back so yeah I just was was interested really Ollie so there we go I mean what about your top three you mentioned some players that play particularly well and I think they're probably going to feature in your top three but do you want to just run us through the, the top three you picked yeah I've gone for Ladipo for my man of the match uh, I, I thought he was absolutely awesome he his finish was amazing. He, he probably could have had uh, another another goal. I know there's the Agogo chance, wasn't there? But he was superb. And again, we are so lucky to have him. Roberts, a very close second. I did think about giving them joint, but uh, yeah. I thought Ladipo for the goal, uh, you know, was just superb. But Roberts, his approach play, his skill, you know, he, he's doing little tricks and doing that in League One in, in supposedly a struggling team. Mm. And it coming off is great. And then my third one is Junior Brown. Junior Brown had an absolutely awesome game. Great. Um, you know, he's looking the real deal. You know, I think we were a bit shocked when we signed him originally and saw him and thought, mm. oh, hang on a minute. But no, he's developing into a very good player. And yeah, you know, I think, you know, it would be a nice problem to have. Could people actually come in yeah. for him and potentially you think right now, yeah? Yeah, they could. So we had a, we had a discussion on Brown last week, didn't we, about how he he, he was sceptically viewed by a lot of people, and it just shows that we shouldn't really be taking these first judgments on players, and that um, that even when we were bad this season, I think Brown was probably one of the more credible performances during that period when he was playing whatever it was wing back or he started playing left back and now left midfield. He really never doesn't put a shift in. So we're big fans of Brown, aren't we, Ollie, on the podcast? Yeah, we certainly are. He's had he's having a, a great season. Him and him and a go go, and the guys that kind of have made who've stayed in the team, um, and obviously were. Mellon signings and they're doing really well. I thought Riley's done really well as well. Obviously Sadler as well. Yeah. Obviously we mention those guys quite often regularly, but no, yeah, good comments on Brown. No, good stuff. So you've done your three-word match report, Ollie? Yeah, there was loads. Um, it was buzzing um, on this Saturday, so I did it straight after the game. Obviously because I was in front of my laptop um, watching England trounce Wales, which so it was a fantastic <laughs> afternoon. I, sh- I should just um, say one of our so I put- Ollie, I should just say one of our guests that we had on the podcast. My brother went to the England Wales. Um, rugby game yesterday and he, he was around here a minute ago just picking his daughter up because we had it over but um, he was sitting as a, as, a, as a half English half Welshman right where England scored the winning try and he said he did not know oh, what to do <laughs> and he said um, this is the interesting thing I bring it up is everyone's always like oh there's never any trouble at the rugby and it's always football hooliganism he said when England scored that try a huge fight broke out in front of him in the terraces well in the terraces in the seats in, in the Millennium Stadium so there you go I just wanted to dispel the myth mm. that there's never any trouble at the rugby because it happened on Saturday and it won't get talked about it in the press, will it? Because football's the evil one and rugby always gets a bit of an easy ride. But there you go. I'll just remember redressing the balance in the most minor way possible. <laughs> no, yeah, it's quite funny actually. I was watching, um, obviously, as I said, I was watching the England rugby game, but um, my favourite kind of moment of the game there was this guy who was standing up in the middle of the, of the ground and not only did he have a 
a glass of beer. He also had two bottles as well, so he was holding three <laughs> beers in one hand, which I thought was quite an impressive feat. So, um, so no, yeah, nice little rugby segment there. <laughs> I know nothing about rugby. We, we might as well move on quickly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so three-word match reports. Um, I've kind of been a bit cheeky, put my own in here, because so I thought it was quite a good one. So I put Freddie the Great. Mm. Um, obviously, um, so he was fantastic. So there was quite a lot of good ones. So Pauline was Hurst is brilliant. Um, Nigel Morgan, it was saying, ooh, Freddie Ladapo, which was I've kind of chanting, I have to admit, um, all <laughs> afternoon, kind of after the game had finished, I was going around the house chanting Freddie Ladapo. <laughs> Your poor girlfriend. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Tim, we're staying up. Andy, unbelievable. Jeff, obviously links to Sky Sports. Jeff, mm. um, Jill, what a goal. Um, Jane, Paul Hurst, genius. Um, Roger Groves with O Freddie Ladapo again. So that was quite a regular one. Um, Jim saying we're unstoppable. Bloody great. And um, um, Dominic, just kind of nice summer off here in terms of upwards, upwards, upwards. Um, and yeah, it's brilliant. So everyone is pretty chopper at the moment. So yeah, everyone's very happy. So there were the three word match reports. So thanks for those guys who who shared those on Facebook yeah it was, it was great reading them actually on Saturday afternoon after the game I was reading them just ch- chuckling to myself they were, they were quite good weren't they so yeah it's good it's, it's a good feature for the podcast that Ollie I always enjoy hearing them so yeah I mean is, is there anything you've obviously heard Paul Hurst's interview again I've been busy today so I haven't had a chance to listen to it but what, what are the sort of main things that he, he came out with I know there's a couple of injury updates really wasn't there it was some of the most important stuff I think yeah so just some couple of highlights from it he was, he was very very pleased very pleased for the players um, good work rate um, and an outstanding save and he said we didn't come here fearful which is quite interesting um, abs um, he said could be injured and he doesn't think that Skit doesn't think he's going to be ready for Tuesday yes. but one interesting one is a question from Lewis Cox and he was asking because obviously Lewis Cox comes in at the end after um, after um, BBC Shropshire have asked all the, the main questions and um yeah, so Hurst said that um, you know it couldn't have gone better. It couldn't have gone better than anyone could have imagined since he came in, um, which I think is quite a good summary of you know it is it is phenomenal how well he's been doing. Um, so no, and yeah, we always we talk about Paul Hurst a lot. Aid, what do you uh, make of um, Paul Hurst's um, post-match interviews and, and pre-match as well? It's interesting, like because he, he does come over quite dour, doesn't he? Mm. Uh, and I've listened to him a few times, but I, I think there's um earthiness is probably the wrong word to use but I think that he is quite a down to earth type of bloke I, I wouldn't mess with him I, I'm, I can imagine when he's in the dressing room he probably does tear a few people Yeah, but, but I think he comes over to the press for very calm, very composed um, he, he doesn't talk rubbish, I think he talks facts, you know, he's not blaming the fans and all this and all that and, and you, you know, you, you read what he says and you listen to what he says and it's truthful, isn't it? You know, mm. we didn't go there with fear. You know, we we did, you know, it has gone grey. He, he is honest about injuries. So that's all yeah. you ever want for your manager, I, I think it's, it? it's easier talking to the press when you're on good runs, isn't it? As, <laughs> as obviously remember... It, <laughs> it certainly is. <laughs> we remember what happened to Mickey Mallon towards the end where the pressure got on and we got the fine margins and <laughs> frankly, you listened to his post-match interview and you wondered whether you'd been to the same game when he was, you know, bemoaning luck, which we didn't have or, you know, we, we were we were playing well when we weren't and stuff yeah. like that so it, it does it is interesting in the comparison to Mellon but yeah I mean he's we've said it on the podcast and you're probably aware he's got some media training and some, I think he's got a media degree hasn't he so yeah. that, that comes across quite obviously in his interviews he's very clipped and, and specific and straight to the point and, and it's good for fans you get to pick that information up straight away and, and detect a slight sort of I don't know sort of um I don't know what the word is, but he's quite funny at times as well in what he says, but with a sort of 
sarcastic kind of tone to it, which I quite like. So I, I think he's great, personally. You know, no one's going to moan about Paul Hurst, are they, until we lose three on the bounce. But no. at the moment, he can the man can literally do no wrong at Shrewsbury Town. Yeah, no, fantastic. So, yeah, just, is there anything else we need to kind of close off um, to another fantastic victory? Any observations from the game, Ollie, uh, uh, and, and aid about it? I don't know. I think I've, we've kind of covered the most of it. You know, you drove home. We have, yeah. You came home today. And I, I came home today, yeah, and uh, I, th- I think I was still buzzing last night, buzzing today. Uh, buzzing after the rugby, it, it was you know it was a great day. It's been a great weekend. Yeah. I really enjoyed it, seeing family and friends. So that's been good. Um, rush back, and uh, here I am on the podcast. So yeah. you that's, know. that's what football's all about, though, isn't it? You know, those. I think I read something online before before we move on, and it was like this is these are the results that make it worth it. Yeah. You know, we've all sat at away games this season, like we were at Bradford. Where, you know, I went to Bradford, and me and Ollie were at Bury early in the season, where it went all wrong, and we obviously were at Swindon, which was a slightly encouraging performance, but it was a bit of a dour game. But it's those results that very rarely happens we don't often go away and beat teams at the top of the league even when we're playing well we seem to go and you know struggle to get a draw or something like that so you know for everyone that's there they'll, it'll be one of those games that they'll probably have in their top 50 60 games when they stop being Shrewsbury Town fans so yeah cracking stuff let's move on to start the news Ollie that's it the referee blows the whistle and it's call time on this uh, traditional end of season curtain down a rapturous applause rapturous applause from the home supporters Good from night. me Colin Bloomfield and from away supporters veteran yep. Lynn Price Good night. Oh, we'll get. So, Salam News. So, um, there's been a bit of news off since that we did the last pod. Um, I think the the main thing really is that um, one of the um, Youth Academy players has signed a pro deal. Um, so, Ryan Barnett had signed a deal a bit earlier than normally had planned. Um, and interestingly, I don't know if guys you'd heard this, but um, there was rumours, um, and the club mentioned it, um, that um, some bigger clubs were sniffing around. So, he sounds like he might be a bit of a bit of talent um, coming through the ranks. I hadn't heard it, Ollie, until two minutes ago when you told me just before we start recording the podcast. But, <laughs> I mean, it's encouraging, isn't it, that if bigger clubs are sniffing around, it's, you know, a Harry Lewis-type situation where there's obviously that interest in there, but we've managed to time down to a deal that means if more bids do come in down the line, we, we, we stand to profit rather than them leaving under a... It's not the Bosman, is it, but under the sort of PF, FFP whatever it is, rules with youth players. So I'd, I'd like yeah. the fact that someone can come and have to actually buy one of our players rather than us have to fiddle around with tribunals and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I've seen the youth team a couple of times over the last few years. I, I don't really remember standing out, but I think at the last... I, didn't, I haven't seen them play this year. So last year, we'd only been a first-year pro. So, you know, the players that were standing out then were the, were the sort of second years like Grogan and um, Joel Bonner, for example. So, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen too much of him, but hopefully he's going to get a chance now to maybe play in some games in the next few years and we will get to see him. I don't think you've seen too much of him, have you, really, Aid? Yeah, I have to say, come as bit of a surprise this guy uh, so it must have been under the radar a little bit uh, however I haven't seen the team for a while but uh, isn't it great to see some of these guys coming through yep. it's uh, it's real positive so well done yeah. super and on the same time, we've got some of our other youth players who have come through now and are starting to make their way in the game. We've obviously got uh, Carmine Anderson, who'd previously been out on loan this season and been bagging the goals, hasn't he? And um, he's now gone back out on loan to Oxford City, hasn't he, Ollie? And you were just saying before we started recording then that he's already got a goal for them as well. So he's got a few goals this season, hasn't he? Yeah, he's definitely got a, definitely a talent. Um, obviously, the Hurst didn't think he's quite ready for League One yet. No. Um, but to, to go to another side, so obviously he did really well at Hells Owen and now he's gone to Oxford City to score on his, his debut. It's, um, yeah, it's a good sign um, and obviously Grogan's gone north um, up to Skelmsdale so um, <laughs> that's an, an interesting one as well it's not a very nice place Skelmsdale poor lad I hope he's commuted up there it's and coming not. back I did some work there once it's uh, it's one of the grimmer parts of the, the, the north west it but, certainly is isn't where a lot of warehouses and stuff are yeah a lot yeah. of sheds yeah. yeah a lot of sheds there we go but but it's a good chance for him to again impose his game on, on, a, on, a, on a team and maybe you know get get some good feedback and that'll all get fed back to the manager and you know he's probably you know a couple of years off, off being able
able to come in and play League One football. But you know, so was Dom Smith when he was going out and playing at that level a few years ago, and same for sort of Connor when he went out to play for Cheltenham, didn't he? I think so. Mm. Obviously, that was League football then. Well, it might not have been. I can't remember Cheltenham in the non-league then. I don't know. But either way, it, 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 any games under your belt at that age is going to be good, especially playing you know proper men's football rather than reserve football. So we shall keep an eye on them. I, I say Shrewsbury Town do a feature, don't they? That we actually suggested we do, which was to follow the youth players. But the town have started doing it now, so we don't really feel that there's any point of doing that feature, do we, Ollie? So we just sort of we'll just sort of mention it when sort of key things happen. Um, so they've gone out. The other thing that you've put on here, Ollie, is about the Port Vale game, game getting moved, isn't it? So what 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 we've got to say about that, really? Yeah, I don't understand why it's been moved because of a Stoke game at home in Stoke, and then <laughs> our home game has been changed. So I find that explanation a bit odd, but here how it is. So yeah, there's a Shrewsbury Town home game on a Friday night, which I don't know. It'd be quite cool if it was on TV. Um, I think that would make a little bit of money for the club. Um, I'm not sure there's really too much to say about that. No. Um, and then, um, yeah, there's um, some highlights, wasn't there? So there was a throwback Thursday. So the club put some highlights on of the the seven-one win um, at Wickham. Um, so yeah, the club seems to be putting a lot of things out, don't they, at the moment? And there was a few odd odd ones, wasn't it? Didn't they put? I mean, it was Gerard's birthday or something um, a, f- a few weeks ago. They did. Um, who's obviously a famous shooter town player? Yeah, Anthony Gerard. Like we're we're really worried about when Anthony Gerard's birthday is on their Twitter account. But uh, but you should. But in all seriousness, the reason I put this on the agenda is it's it's great to see some historic. You know, Shrewsbury Town moments, and and there's a limit to how far back in time they can go from from having talked to Witters, because obviously it's only going to go back to the point where they've been recording high quality footage. You can't really dip back into the resolution video era because you try and look at those videos now, and it's not really not really great, and the commentary is not not on it particularly. So. Um, but yeah, it was great to see sort of the seven-one game at Wickham, and I hope they sort of continue doing it. There's loads of games I could think of. I'd like to see the. Um, I was thinking of games you could think of in the sort of last fifteen years that you'd like to see again. I'd like to see we played. I think it was Ipswich at home, and we went three 0 down and one four three, and like a. I think it was the League Cup. I'd, I'd like to see that game again because you know that rarely happens where you come back from three 0 down. So if anyone at the football clubs listening and they're looking for a throwback Thursday, that's what that's what I'd want. Can you two think of anything? Lincoln away. Um, when I <laughs> yeah. Lincoln away. Um, that was a good one. On a, was it a Tuesday night or somewhere like that? We, yeah, won. Yeah. we scored a bag full of goals. That was a good one. Northampton away, um, when we scored a bag full of goals again. I think, oh, I yeah. think it was when John Taylor was ripping them up. Yeah. Who scored again actually this week and had a nice comment on his T-shirt saying, "I'm thinking obviously for Connor Golson," which I thought was quite interesting. So that was good to see. Yeah, it was great to see actually. Any what, any games that you would um, want to see back again, Aid? I'd like to see Milton Keynes away. Oh yeah. Because of what it yeah, was. a good one. Barry away as well, I think, as mm. well. I'd yeah. like to see the full thing, because that was on Sky. So it'd be fantastic if you could actually watch the entire game, you know, into, including seeing the team come out and everything like that, and also the Sky, what they're talking about the game. So that would be a good one to see the full thing. It is a great show, that. I think a lot of town fans like to see it again, because a lot of them are pretty drunk. <laughs> that game people had really made a day of that you included game. so uh, I was driving unfortunately but yeah that you know we, we've talked about sort of crystallising games in everyone's opinion and the Berry and MK Dons ones definitely stand out in the last 10 years so they've got a lot of you know and that's all stuff that's happened over recent times and it's, they've got a lot of material to work with but yeah fair play to the media team and, and Wits and whoever else has been putting that sort of thing together it's something to look forward to on Thursday now so it's good yeah it's good stuff so that's kind of the end of the news I think we were just going to go through um AIDS all-time town team which is definitely different to lots of the other ones we've been having because it involves players that I never saw play you know I'm only I'm only 36 and some names I've never heard of to be honest as well (laughs) Ollie you're going to get an education here Ollie what yeah you are yeah. yeah, I am. <laughs> so, do you want to run through your your all time town team and give us a bit of a bit of a thought on each one of them before we? Before yeah, we I, I, it's funny because I put a, a sort of town team out um, a while ago. I think it was on Facebook, and it was of players I'd actually seen. And yeah. when when you sent me this question, I thought, well, I'm actually going to pick out probably players that you know I've heard a lot about. And um, 
see how they fit into this squad because I, I I did some subs to know. Yeah, uh, my team is Hart in goal, back four of King, Griffin, Pearson, and Hockaday, and then midfield Maguire, Chapman, Daly, and Kazool. Oh, yeah. And then up front, Holt and Rowley. And the reason I did that was uh, there's players there that probably some of you will know, some of you won't know. Mm. Uh, for example, most of you should know Dave Hockaday. Isn't hey, it, I, I thought, he always yeah. made it into my team. I was yeah. just at the end of the Hockaday era. Yeah. <laughs> but I never saw him, though. Um, you, gotta, you know, you obviously, I, I my first game was 89 when I was six. Um, so in terms of actually players I can remember, um, no. there's only two players in your team I can remember playing Dave Hockaday oh, really? was after 86 Dave Hockaday was the 90s yeah, yeah but I didn't live in Sh- remember, oh, remember yeah, I, didn't live in Sh- I left Shrewsbury uh, when I was 11 yeah true enough okay. so uh, I didn't proper I I didn't go to many games at the Game Meadow um, so yeah it's hard so hard for me so yeah interesting so who out of those players would uh, be like standout players aid someone for someone like me or younger kids who haven't um, heard of some of these names before Pearson obviously I mean he, he was a tyrant centre off and he, we got him from non-league and you could see when he started to play. I mean, one of his first games was uh, against Newcastle United and Kevin Keegan, and he had Keegan in his back pocket. Wow. You know, even thinking about it now, it was 1982. It was just an amazing game. We won that game 2-1. Town, you know, just did one of those awesome games. Hockaday was a very experienced pro, um, but he was a good support for Mickey Brown. Um, and mm. he, he would really push Mickey Brown on and always talking in his ear and I, I think he's been quite underrated uh, obviously Colin Griffin Chopper Griffin for those of us who remember football you saw a little bit of it at Scunthorpe on Saturday you know with heavy <laughs> tackles but Colin Griffin was just a, an, an immense uh, talent he, he was a, a no-nonsense centre, central defender um, left shoes being a little bit of a crowd you know a cloud of acrimony really okay. which is a shame Um and there's been reports that he's, he stayed away from the football club, which is sad. Um, but he, he's, he was a top bloke, very quiet bloke, actually, when you spoke to him. But, uh, you know, he's part of that great Shrewsbury Town team that got yeah. us up in 79. Your midfielder, I say none of the midfielders I ever saw play as well. But I do know Vic Casul because when we left the Meadow, we had the um, sort of end of end of Gay Meadow, um, what was it called now? It was the, the, I think the Trust and a lot of yeah. sports groups put it together. And he was there and he was like a player that people had said of your generation to me, you're going to have to go and meet this guy. He's an absolute legend. And you heard all the stories about him and his time at the football club. And when you met him, he did not disappoint me that evening. He was an absolute legend. So, you know, you've, you've obviously got some fond memories of him as a player as well. He was just, he was just a, an amazing player. He could have been world-class without a shadow of a doubt the problem with him he wasn't properly managed <laughs> he liked, he was probably the end of that generation could still get away with drinking before a game uh, and the part of that Scottish team that we, where obviously we got the name of Lord Scotch from because yep. of that yep. um, if somebody could have got hold of him he'd have gone on to play for Barcelona he, he really was that good but he was a wasted talent and shame, unfortunately he fell away but for, for four or five months that season uh, 87, 88 when McNeil came in and again we got that excitement we saw a Shrewsbury Town team that was positive and mm. attacking and the goal they scored against Leeds again you know I can still see it now it, it, the guy was amazing <laughs> Jerry Daly well Jerry Daly it was a little bit of a toss up between him and Liam Lawrence to be honest but no, Daly really. sort of always ran the show in midfield in a very struggling Shrewsbury team in the mid 80s but he was class he just used class he, he didn't have to come out of second gear and Sammy Chapman maybe people might not know who Sammy Chapman is but again he was part of that 78-79 team very experienced midfielder he played for Nottingham Forest Notts County 
he scored a goal against Cambridge where he, he virtually ran the length of the pitch <laughs> and uh, put us through to the fourth round of the FA Cup. It was the one that was televised, yeah. um, the highlights televised. And it was really, for me, the start of Shrewsbury Town. You weren't ashamed to be a Shrewsbury Town fan because I think in the in the sort of late 70s, we weren't that recognised as a club or a team, no. even within Shrewsbury. And it was just start of us getting some national recognition. Sammy Chapman was was part of that. He mm. was he wasn't the quickest of guys at thirty five, but he <laughs> had skill, he had talent. And I, I've always said to people, I've always put him in my top town team. And, yeah, and everyone does will. have that, that one player that they forget. I mean, the other midfielder just before we move on to strikers is Maguire. I've actually seen the um, goal by Maguire because it's it's in the highlights versus I'm going to say Man City or Wolves. I can't remember which one it was now, but he scored Man a really imp- Man City. It was Man City. So that the highlights of that are on YouTube. Everyone wants to look at Maguire, but that you know that's a key goal in the history of the football club isn't it but he obviously saw him play a lot more than just that one game yeah I mean he, he was a winger he, he played um, a couple of seasons before and uh, we got down from Scotland Jock Fulton was the, the scout I'm sure some of the old town fans will remember that we had a conveyor belt of Scottish talent come to mm. Shrewsbury and he was just one of these out and out old style wingers and uh, you know even Busy was singing on Saturday Maguire 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 and yeah, a lot of the fans were, were joining him he was just again another class I actually went on to play for Stoke Port Vale uh, eventually Northwich Victoria but again it, you look at the t- I tried to get this team to be a bit balanced as well mm. and uh, I think he would give balance with Cazul Chapman sort of his slow plodder in midfield and then <laughs> daily just running the show really there you go Solid. Okay. And then you've got your strikers, obviously Arthur Rowley, club legend, you know, you can't really say much more than the, the feats that he achieved at this football club and then elsewhere in, you know, all time record goal scorer in the football league, isn't he, I believe. So yeah. <clears throat> absolute legend. You're not old enough to have seen him play though, are you? you know, so there you go. But the- No, but I, it's funny, there was a bit of footage on YouTube that had come around, hadn't there, where he was playing for Leicester and they mm. think it's the only footage of him. Amazing. Um because there's nothing for town. And uh, he just sort of runs onto a ball and he, he tries to head it and the ball goes wide. And apparently that's the only footage. But yeah, it's a shame. from what you talk to, again, with town fans before my era, that they're all sort of saying, you know, the guy could, you know, hit a ball and it would just go whoosh. He was a, a big guy uh, carrying a bit of timber, maybe. But he, <laughs> he got class, he knew what to do with the ball. And Grant Holt, you know, it's interesting, the Wiccan game's been shown again. I mean, that guy was absolute class for us. And uh, in a team that probably should have walked the league and didn't, mm. he was the difference between us um, making the place and not making yeah, the place, wasn't he? But yeah, it's a solid act. team. It's a solid team. And it's interesting, we don't have another uh, <laughs> Grant Holt loving like we do most weeks because pretty much everyone puts him in their team. But interesting that, you know, it gives context to everyone else's team selections, Ollie, doesn't it? Because, you know, we're talking to Aid who's been going, you know, 40 plus years or whatever it is, and even he's picked Grant Holt and his team for one season. You would have seen strikers play tens of seasons yeah. for Shrewsbury Town. But I think it does make everyone's choices a little bit more context, doesn't it? It certainly does, yeah. He was just class above, wasn't he? Mm, he was. So, yeah, <laughs> you don't want to talk about Grant Holt again. We've done it too many times. So, I think that's, that's great. I mean, I mean, that's a good team I think we're going to struggle for any of our sort of more modern teams to beat a legendary team like that aren't we Ollie but I think we'll put it out on the Twitters and uh, against one of the other teams we've been sent and see see who thinks is best but I think you've probably got it stitched up there to be honest with you so cheers for sharing that with us no um, I think before we move on to the, before we move on to predictions I think we were just talking before about you've been involved you know being a Shrewsbury Town fan for a lot of time but you've also been involved off the pitch with a lot of things from back in the you know Gay Meadow days the Umbrella groups and, and coming through now in sports parliament and things it's just I, I'd be interested to see what your views are on where the club and fans stand at the moment and and you know what where, where do you think what's the key things you think that could be improved really you know it's an interesting question we and Ollie have talked about it during some of the darker times this season but I think of, of everyone we've had on it'd be more interested to hear your answer than some of the others okay um 
I think we've got to a stage now where we've got to probably go back and ask the fans what they want. Mm. Uh, and I've said this a number of times, you know, when, when we set up the trust, it was because we saw a lot of other clubs getting into trouble. We, we saw some people from Supporters Direct, a lady called Jackie Foster. Unfortunately, she's got uh, terminal breast cancer, but okay. uh, she was one of the driving forces for me to get involved in the, in the Supporters Direct, the Supporters Trust movement. But I think, again, we, we sort of went away and did all this and thought people would, would follow us and get on the bus. Mm. I think it's really hard, I think, for fans to understand. Generally, most fans will go to football matches, their entertainment, they go on a match day, brilliant, that's what they want. They don't necessarily want to get involved in the, in the if you like, the politics or the activism side no. of it. But I think what I would say is, you know, we're scrambling around at the moment, what should the supporters' parliament look like? Oh, we can't criticise the club and, you know, it's embarrassing. But then if the club do things, where are we supposed to go? Then what are we supposed to do? For me, let's go and ask the fan base what they want. How do they want to be represented? Do they want a supporters' parliament? Do they want an official supporters' club, Super Blues? If they want a supporters' bar, how, how are we going to do this? It, I don't think we should just rely on the football club to say, OK, we'll build your supporters' bar. Yep. It should have happened, let's be honest. The, yep. the, the official supporters' club years ago did some amazing things, built terracing, covering, that type of thing. Super Blues have just done exactly the same amazing things. But I think it's getting to the stage now where maybe some of those organisations need fresh blood, need fresh input. And that's not a criticism of anybody before anybody <laughs> wants to raise that issue. It's not, you know, I've got a lot of time for Chris Smith, got a lot of time for Simon. Yeah. You know, I understand what they're trying to do. But it, we just need, I think, a little bit of direction. And maybe the fans can give us that direction. If the fans want to support us bar, great. Let's go and fundraise for it. And if we have to tell the football club, well, I'm sorry, but we're going to hold back 10% of everything we raise yep. for a supporters bar that will in the end generate money for the football club, then isn't that a good way of doing things? Correct, yeah. I think the supporters parliament probably has been, I don't know, I don't know the right words to say, but what I'm trying to say is that because at times it's done a lot of good, when things then maybe aren't so good, it's easy for people to criticise what they're doing. Mm. And I think overall, we have to understand that people always be critical of anything anybody ever does. But I think the sports parliament needs to remain strong. Whether it needs to be formalised or not, it's an argument, it's a discussion point. Again, I think people have said, oh, well, it would just be another trust. I don't necessarily think that's the case. But we've got to understand that we've got to give people the vo- the vehicle to be able to make uh, representations. And if they feel, oh, well, it's just these 16 guys sat in a room every every month, are they going to feel they're able to come forward? Mm. The thing about the trust was it was great that we brought people like Roger and Mike um, to the fore because they come through the Umbrella Group. And the Umbrella Group wasn't the closed shop. It was the supporters groups and anybody else that wanted to come in and be interested. Mm. There are people that do want to be active. We've also got to be careful of people. Maybe have got their own agendas, though. Um, Brexit probably was a classic example of having a, a campaign body that got people interested in a certain topic, but afterwards there's no plan. No. So if people want, say, a change of owner, that's fine. That's that's a good discussion point. We live in a, a democracy and a free country. But what's the plan then? It's mm. okay campaigning. Let's let's get the chairman out. But what's your plan? And I don't necessarily hear that enough. I don't necessarily hear, you know, I hear rumours of people want to come in and, and all this and all that. But where are these people? Mm. Are they just hiding in the shadows? Or, or is it actually they aren't there? So I guess that's my challenge, I think. So the fan base is, let's ask them a question. 
how do you want to be represented? If if you don't, then great, we can all go and just be fans. And, you know, just from a personal point of view, you know, I decided a couple of years ago to just take a step back. My dad wasn't very ill, unfortunately he's passed away now. Mm. And my time's limited because I need to look after my mum. But, you know, if push comes to shove and, you know, certain events ever did happen at the football club, you know, I would come back and really get yeah. involved. But for now, I'm just enjoying being a fan, which is... You know, actually quite not. (laughs) Well, especially at the moment as well. I think there's some interesting sentiments and thoughts for anyone that's engaged in in caring about the football club besides the on-field stuff. You know, there are a lot of things that have gone on in the past and and things people have been involved in and and you've been sort of at the centre of it a lot of times until you've taken that step back and then there's been people from the next generation maybe they've tried to take it further and it's ended up ended up being at a sports parliament and where we are now and it feels like it's at another crossroads and there's definitely some challenges and, and thoughts that you've raised there that I think people need to go and have a think about because you know the experience of all the moving stadiums that you've had is is integral to people understanding what we could do so yeah it, it, interesting interesting thoughts Ollie I don't know you, 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 we've talked about this a couple of times and you just keep saying I don't know why we've got free sports groups but mm, <laughs> the, I'm not sure I'm not sure you know where where we get beyond that really no, I think Aid's right. You know, we need to have a, a discussion. The the last supporters' parliament meeting wasn't very um, productive. <laughs> um, so yeah, we need to have a think about how we do that, and also how we we how we help the club, and also hold the club to account. Um, so there needs to be some checks and balances there. So no, I'd, I agree with everything that Aid says. Um, and also, you know, if you want to get involved and you do want change, you have to kind of back it up with um, you know with <clears throat> attending and supporting. Definitely. Um, and I think just to kind of like shout out maybe to some of the groups, you know, I'm sure if if they did get themselves you know connected to a wider group, they probably would be able to fundraise more as well. I was chatting to someone a, f- um, a few weeks ago that I've never seen or spoken to anyone from Super Blues. It's partly as a fan, maybe you should try and be involved, but I've never had the opportunity to donate, um, and I probably would. Um, so yeah, I think there's a, I think there's an opportunity there for the fans to come together and um, yeah, make sure we turn even better than it is already. Yeah, well said, Ollie. That's, it's good to see. I think that's a good place to, to leave that really, and we'll yeah, we'll move on to the uh, we'll move on to the predictions now, Ollie. The situation is clear. That's an excellent ball in, it's Holt header! Shrewsbury Town have the lead! It's his 28th goal of the season! So, um, predictions. So, um, neither of us were right, Glenn. So, you thought we'd lose, <laughs> I thought we'd draw. And Paul Hurst, obviously, doesn't agree, and um, we got the win. So, fantastic, for, obviously, for the league table. Not good, so good for our competition, where we didn't get anything. Um, so, yeah, so, obviously, now we go to... Um, We'll we we'll miss the Peter Bergamton's predictions. You'll stick to the Saturday games. So we'll go. We'll ask Aid as well. Um, we're gonna. I'll go first, maybe for the as I'm leading. So the Wimbledon game. Um, I'm gonna go for a two nil Shrewsbury Town victory. Good stuff. I, I will ask Aid in a minute. I, I I've been saying for a few weeks now. I think we're gonna absolutely put a couple of goals past someone. You know, really get a convincing victory. And I I thought it'd be the Berry game. I thought they'd come along and we'd beat them three nil. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with what I said about the Berry game, Ollie. I think we're gonna beat um, Wimbledon three nil. I think we're gonna get a really convincing home three win nil. and just okay. get the whole place bouncing. <sighs> he's gonna say oh, he's gonna say we're gonna lose that. I, I am. And I don't know what I was <laughs> looking at. I was thinking, right, you know, see what the first score comes into your head. And the first score that came into my head was two 0 Wimbledon. Oh God. And I thought, well, two 0 Wimbledon. Yeah, you know what, and I Judas. Yeah, and I don't know why that thought came into my head, but that was the first thought that came into my head. And you know what they say, go with your yeah, gut. Yeah, go with your gut. So obviously I'm now going to hang up my blue and amber scarf. No, <laughs> I think Town will win 2-1, and I think it'll be Robertson Ladapo. Yeah, it's a fair shout that, because most of our games are pretty close, aren't yeah. they, to be honest with you? I, I, I want us to see us get three goals at some point this season yeah. in a game and convincingly win a game, but um, it probably won't happen. So there we go, three wins predicted, Ollie. Things are, things are definitely looking up, and obviously... 
we were talking about briefly just talking about the table we normally talk about it now don't we we're up to 16th now aren't we the heady heights of it and in only i think less than i think we're three points behind 14th so there's the chance of going up to 14th on tuesday if results go the right way and who would have who would have thought that a few months back obviously we don't know what happens on tuesday night but if we do um beat um Wimbledon will be on level on points with them um, and obviously Wimbledon haven't been in the relegation you know no one's mentioned them in the relegation battle all year so that's the kind of line I'd say you know above Northampton is and below North, Northampton below is obviously a relegation battle you know if we beat Wimbledon if we get a good result against Peterborough um, yeah we could almost be maybe even out of the relegation um, battle um, by um, by next Sunday so that's very exciting yeah, we're not going to predict the result for Peterborough. But it's probably just no. worth talking about the game in, in general very quickly because you know that that's to me. I mean, after the win on uh, Scunthorpe, it's a complete free hit, Peterborough, isn't it? You know, in in cricket in terms, twenty twenty terms, that you know we would have been happy to have got three points from the next two games when we had two away games coming up. Now you should town should go there and be playing with even less you know holding back and, and worries about confidence they should go there and just try and play them off the park like they were trying to do against Scunthorpe so I think free it you know I think they're the sort of ones where we tend to do better in so it could be that we come away with at least another point out of that and four points from three, two away games would have been bloody fantastic wouldn't it so yeah what, what do you guys think about Peterborough? I, I think to be honest it, again I agree with what Glitz says it is a free hit the only concern I think would be potential injuries um, a go goes looking a doubt isn't he so whether yeah. Morris is Morris uh, will come in in the midfield. Um, whether he'll change it up top, I don't know. I, I'd be surprised if he did. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm going there with a little bit of hope. Well, no, more than a little bit. Yeah. I actually am thinking realistically: is there a possibility we could get something out of this game? And maybe that's a yes. And I'm not normally like that. <laughs> you know, Scunthorpe. Oh, Scunthorpe will beat us. You know, three or four nil. They're a good team. I'll enjoy the weekend and come home with me tail between my legs. <laughs> but now I'm, I'm sat here thinking, hang on a minute, let's go for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm really looking forward to Tuesday. You feeling the same, Ollie? Yeah, their results have been January been pretty funny. So they drew with Scunny one all. They lost five one to Berry. Um, they beat Swindon one nil. They lost to Oldham two nil. They got spanked at home four nil by MK Dons, who are below them in the league. Beat Port Vale three 0 and lost to Sheffield United, so they're very up or down. Um, so yeah, you know if we if we play the same as we did against Scunthorpe, um, we went going with the same mentality, the same attitude. You know, there's no no reason why we couldn't come away with a result there. So yeah, it would be an interesting one on um, Valentine's Day to um, try and keep a, keep an eye on and what's going on there. I've got absolutely no chance of going to Peterborough on Valentine's Day. I've taken the I've taken the next two days off work because. Uh, I just need a bit of a break, and also I thought I could get some brownie points on Valentine's Day off. But I haven't planned anything or bought anything for my wife, so I'm not trying. I'm not really trying that hard. But um, yeah, trying to convince her to go to Peterborough on Tuesday night is not going to happen, is it? Ollie? I don't think you're going either, are you, no. Ollie? But Aid's Aid saved the day. He's going, and he won a ledge. So. You can tell it. You can tell who the single ones are, <laughs> can't you? Really? It's, uh, oh, Valentine's Day. What's that? Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm so really looking forward to it. So enjoy your uh, meals out, guys, with your good ladies. Obviously. <laughs> well, I'm like I'm cheap, you see, because I've got the day off and going at lunchtime. It's much cheaper then. So. You know, there you go. You got to think about these things, mate. So yeah, so Valentine's Day. It could be. Hopefully, it's a Valentine's Day massacre for Shrewsbury. We'll get three or four goals at Peterborough, and then we'll come and smash Wimbledon, and then people will be talking about the playoffs. So, so yeah, that'll be good fun. But yeah, good stuff, Ollie. I think it's it's nice to be positive, mate. It is, yeah, it is. It's fantastic. So, yeah, thanks, A, for joining us. It's been great having you on the pod. It's been great for your insight into the into the game um, and the club overall. So yeah, thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Thanks for inviting me. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah cheers, guys, for listening. Um, yeah, please follow us on um, on twitter up salabcast and um cheers to everyone for listening again thanks to aid for coming on and uh yeah it's good we'll be heading into episode number 30 next week ollie we've reached uh, the 
mid will have reached the thirties now. So it's time's flown by this season, and it's been a complete and utter roller coaster. So I'm glad that in years to come, I'm going to be able to list this podcast back to remember how nuts this season was. So yes, cheers, guys, and we shall see you all next week. Oh,